I'm so glad to be at Christ Church this morning. I've been away for about a month, first to general convention and then on a family vacation. There was also a rude interruption from COVID in between, which I know many of you can relate to. I've missed you all. It's good to be back. I'm especially excited to see some new faces and some returning faces. It sure seems like ministry has not skipped a beat in the time that I've been gone, and I'm grateful for everyone carrying on without me. So two weeks ago, my family and I had the great privilege of attending a service at Westminster Abbey in London. It's kind of like going to the mothership of Anglicanism. Picture ushers in morning coats, vergers who mean business, a large flock of clergy, And other people I couldn't quite identify, they were dressed in black cassocks with white bow ties. I made some fashion notes for our next staff meeting. (laughs) I also pulled up photos of royal weddings and coronations before the service in order to try to impress the teenagers who are not exactly thrilled about going to church on vacation. But here's a pro tip. If you attend a service there, you don't have to buy tickets to get in to see the place. Also, the sermon is likely to be good. So one can plan to steal some ideas for one's first sermon back from vacation. Now, what I remember most was hearing a very good word about the life of prayer and how Christ is at the center of all of our seeking. The Christian life may not be flashy compared to the other options that the world offers on a Sunday morning, but it is our surest path to God, who is our deepest desire. In the beautiful words we just heard from the letter to the Hebrews, such faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. The sermon that morning was quiet, and it was a powerful affirmation of faith as tourists waited outside for the service to finish. Now, each church that we went to had a similar sort of juxtaposition, whether it was a grand medieval cathedral or an old country parish chapel, really. These structures are part tourist destination, part sacred space. People often enter, and a few minutes later suddenly remember to take off their hats. In some places, sacred music is piped in, or an organist is playing, and visitors, really, I think, whether religious or not, naturally start speaking in hushed tones. Except for the people who try to talk over the organ, that's pretty universal. Now, Jason and I, my husband, made a habit of looking for a working prayer desk in each church that we visited. At the Tower of London, we found one with an open prayer book from that morning with a pencil, pencil notes about the service, and a jar of cough drops. Very authentic. And the church was closing soon to tourists because their wedding was about to happen. So time and again, we found churches striking that delicate balance between welcoming the stranger and tending to the spiritual need of their flock. And whichever category you happen to fall into, tourist or pilgrim, 
You know that you are near something holy, standing next to things unseen. Now, if you'll allow me just one more church story, I have to tell you about our visit to the cathedral in Chartres. Built in the 12th century, you can see it from miles away as you approach by car. Imagine pilgrims on foot or horse seeing that view from a distance. It has the oldest known labyrinth uh, working in working order in all of Western Europe, from which the chairs are cleared on Fridays so anyone can walk it. We happen to have a personal labyrinth facilitator with us. Some of you know my mother-in-law, Twyla. And she gave us uh, a history of the place and some instructions, and then the family set out on the spiral path. We were surrounded by a rather eclectic group of pilgrims. There was a woman in flowy robes, barefoot, holding crystals. Next to her walked a priest in a disheveled suit and Tiva sandals holding his briefcase. There was another man finding what I would say were mysteriously specific stones on the floor to stand on, raising his arms toward the vaulted ceiling and having a moment. Imagine a cathedral that old has seen it all. All kinds of pilgrims, all kinds of church fads and fights, all kinds of joys and sorrows. It's mind-boggling to think about how many different kinds of people have been welcomed into that space, looking for the things unseen and a place to put their hope. There's a seating area near the altar that's ripped off with a sign telling visitors that the area is reserved for those who want to pray. I watched as people hesitated, wondering whether or not they fit into that category. It must be the cathedral's effort to keep some space for prayer away from Instagram and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, no one is turned away. The The sign stands as a broad invitation to anyone who wants to try their hand at prayer in such a sacred space. I imagine everyone feels some kind of connection to the eternal there, however one imagines it. Now, one of the gifts that comes from visiting such places, of course, is some perspective on the spaces that you occupy in your own life. Christ Church is one of those spaces, somewhere between Grand Cathedral and Humble Country Chapel. We come here to glimpse the things that cannot be seen and to be assured of the things that we hope for. We come here to find Christ. We come here to be as close to God as possible. And we have been given a promise about our time in this space by Jesus himself. He told the disciples that we will know him in the breaking of the bread. The credit goes to God for such a breathtaking idea. Whether one approaches a 12th century altar in France, or one from 1941 in Little Rock, Arkansas, or even a makeshift one outside during a pandemic or in a wild church service in Alsop Park, At each one, the invisible becomes visible in the breaking of the bread. We actually see and taste 
that which is invisible and eternal. That concludes my travel notes from French and English churches, which I hope you enjoyed, but I also hope they will remind us that we too are pilgrims. In fact, we are part of a holy communion of pilgrims who have gone before and who will come after us. And as God has been doing for centuries, all manner of people are invited into this space and to this altar. Like all pilgrims, we pray and we sing and we take in the beautiful sights. And then, each time the bread of Holy Eucharist is broken, we catch a glimpse of the invisible. We renew our hope for things eternal. And in that moment, we find Christ himself. No matter the church, no matter the century, no matter the altar, that moment is always the same. Amen.